Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy at Floors to Your Home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot, that's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who. I should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess? Screw? Well, let's play chess. The Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's in there. Touchdown. I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits yeah. it. Hits it. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. So we learned today that evidently Jonathan Taylor has an injured thumb. So some time missed, and I guess we'll find out. Somebody will probably find out from Rappaport or Adam Schefter prior to meeting with Shane Steichen tomorrow, but uh, not a lot of clarity on that today. But it looks like that to me that um, this may be cushioning the blow of Jonathan Taylor missing some time. And when I first saw it at CN Rappaport, I'll give credit where credit is due. I don't know exactly who else may have had it. I'm just considering the sources here, and Adam Schefter's probably the other. But it was three hours ago, fresh off 91-yard, two-TD performance, and a win over the Buccaneers. Suffered an injured thumb, that's Jonathan Taylor, requiring further evaluation and puts his status in doubt going forward, sources say. More info coming with all options considered, one to watch. It kind of sounds like uh, we are cushioning the blow for Jonathan Taylor to miss some time here. And Honestly, I think that sucks. Now, I will say this, and you may want to thank me, and I guess ultimately the Colts uh, with their wisdom or whatever, but it's you want to thank all of you out there that prior to the trade deadline did not bring up trading Zach Moss for draft capital. You know, all you nerds that love draft capital. I see it all the time. Here's what they should do. I, I mean, you get you get sufficient not just starting, but backup. And immediately around here, what you want to do is trade him. 
And then you know, because you've lived around here for such a long time, that something like this crap is bound to happen. Bound to happen. Like when Jalen Smith got injured last night, and I had said this all along, the one thing I don't know, I don't know if Daniel Tice, and I'm assuming he wanted to be traded, he wasn't getting any clock, and wanted to get out of here and play, ends up with the Clippers, whatever. But everybody just made this great big deal about all this depth. And then we have all that depth and everybody's through patting themselves on the back. The first thing you do is, well, you know what? We're going to trade this. And again, I, I could be completely wrong. It may be because the guy wanted it and they just wanted to give him the opportunity to go someplace else where he was going to play. But it would be hard for me to do that, again, considering where we are. And as you well know, being around here as long as you have, you uh, await the bad news that's just around the corner. It's coming. It is coming. You can anticipate it, and you've got a plan for it. So getting back to the Colts for a moment, uh, shout out to all of us that felt it was incredibly unnecessary to try to trade Zach Moss prior to the NFL trade deadline for, quote, draft capital. That's a good thing. And I'm not suggesting the Colts whatsoever had that thought in mind. But what I am suggesting that I heard from a lot of folks and I read what everybody else is saying and all these dorky general managers you see in social media talking about how you got to get the draft capital. What can Ballard do with the draft capital? And I think you know by now how sick and tired I am of hearing about that. So... That's a good thing because you do, you have Zach Moss, you have an incredibly crappy December schedule. I'm not going to say easy because you never really know how this Colts team will come out and play. That's why when when you look ahead, when you look ahead, I go, wow, I, I, I don't know if you want to do that. I don't know if there's any looking ahead. I think you just kind of, I know I sound like coach speak right here. I don't mean to, but you do just want to try to get over on who's next. And I know that it's just where we are right now. You start drawing yourself a path of, well, if you win this and win that, I think what they need, if you can just go four and two the rest of the way, or if you can beat the Steelers and, you know, make sure you beat the Bengals and what may happen with the Browns. I, I don't even think you can worry about any of that crap. What you got to worry about is making sure that Tennessee doesn't get over on you. That you don't go to Nashville on Sunday and flub that up. I know that sounds like coach speak and that is very unlike me. But I think in this set of circumstances, that's absolutely true. So, yeah. There is good fortune in the schedule. There's good fortune in on that schedule where there's really not any good quarterbacks. Now, you don't play anybody very good. Hey, this sets up nicely for the Colts if you want to look at it longer term. I just choose not to because most of the time you really don't know what you're going to get. You don't. There are a variety of arguments you can make. They've won three in a row, and that's spectacular. Everybody's excited. They're the seventh seed in the wild card picture right now. Things this past weekend, in terms of good fortune, fell right into their lap. 
I mean, you like to get the Browns. You don't want – you do not want that screw job by the officials back in October to come back and haunt you in that Browns game. If it does, you know, I'll never shut up about that, by the way. But you don't want that to come back to haunt you. You'd like to see the Browns disposed of in the month of December. And obviously, I think the Broncos is something else that you don't have any control of right now. But if you choose to look further down the line, that's okay. That's for your entertainment. That's for your enjoyment. But for me, I just don't trust this team. This team is not good enough at least for me, even with this schedule that we're looking at, to presume anything. So I will not presume anything. You can look at the records and and kind of feel, even with Tennessee's win here recently, you can kind of feel that you got two teams going in opposite directions, but you start talking about that. And then your team goes out there and, you know, they lay one in the crapper. Or that good fortune disappears as it normally has done in recent history around here. Or you go out like the NBA team last night and just half-ass it and not really play. Just what an awful performance. And I know what you're going to say. It's early in the season. And you got a long season. The problem is you have had, and really there's a similarity here. Like the Colts have this, what we eyeball, an incredibly easy schedule. Very fortunate schedule here in December. The Pacers in October and November have had an incredibly fortunate schedule. And they're 9-7. and And everybody's excited about the play-in, and that's fantastic. But they're 9-7. and they're nine and seven with just incredibly disappointing losses at home. At the Blazers last night, 114-110. There is no way in the world you should be losing to that four win going into last night team, coming off the back end of a back-to-back. They had a 25-point lead in that Milwaukee game, and Milwaukee came back and won. So I'm assuming the Blazers are working hard. They come in. Uh, the Pacers have been chilling out since, what, Friday? Kind of hanging out. I don't know if you want to give these guys any time. I, I, I mean, really, you think about the times when they've had some moments to sit in so-called rest. They had, what, like five days, and they came out against Orlando and looked like the worst team in the NBA. And they weren't far from it last night. Yeah, they're not legit. I'm sorry, they they are not nine and seven, two games over five hundred, and I know you got a lot of the Eastern Conference that's muddling in that right now, but they consistently cannot put anything together. And I'm not gonna call anybody legit that comes out for the entirety of the game from start to finish and looks like last night. Like people were asking me, oh, you still think they're gonna win forty five? They're not going to clear 500 if you play like last night. High volume turnovers, couldn't shoot to three. I mean, you already know this. You know, you could, you, they can't D up your grandparents. So, you know that's not going to be brought to the table, and it wasn't. He wants Jeremy Grant went absolutely off in the fourth. <laughs> What's sometimes concerning to me is the TV and radio like Eddie Gill, Eddie Gill in the fourth was like not not yelling, but 
and was on it saying, you know, maybe you ought to start trying to get the ball out of Jeremy Grant's hand here a little bit, maybe a little bit of double. Hey, how long does it take this coaching staff to wait and see here? How long are you going to wait? I mean, you spend about five minutes waiting on how you see Benedict Matherin and you make that decision, which, by the way, it's a sound decision. Matherin wanted coached hard. He's getting coached hard. So there's nothing to cry and whine about here. I don't expect it because that's how he wants to be coached. But when you got you got Eddie Gills like three or four possessions in front of the coaching staff last night. And it's funny, you get guys in these moments, and we've seen it so far where you have been reluctant to come out of what is your normal defensive game plan, and I'm assuming that's just let everybody go right to the basket for a layup. But I'm incredibly disappointed. And before you tell me that it's way too early to draw that conclusion, then we'll get back and reconvene in this conversation coming up in March. Or whenever this schedule is not as lenient for this basketball team as it has been to start the season. I tell you this all the time, and I know that old farts out there, the crusters out there don't get it, and you'll never understand it, and that's okay. And it's not like I live in a world of you know, new, new era, profound thinking. You know how far back in the day that I live. But I am savvy enough to understand this, that there are games on your schedule that you do have to have. We talk about must-wins all the time, and it's become a punchline, and I'm cool with it. That is fine. It has become a punchline for me, but I'm serious. I'm serious about all this. I don't care what month it is. You got to have a win. There are teams that you have to beat on your schedule, and you had no room to do last night to come out and presume as the Pacers did against the Trailblazers last night. Yeah, they're a four-win team. They blew a 25-point lead last night, the second of a back-to-back. I'm assuming this is not their train of thought, but that's how they played. That's how they looked. They looked like a team that thought, this team stinks. We're all good here. And they got worked. They got worked. And the reason why that game was big is because you have other games early in this home schedule that you gag up. The Hornets, the Bulls, to a degree, the Raptors. Oh, but they're all kind of close, right? Who cares? These are games in which you have to take care of. And if you don't, then you're going to have to find a spot to make it up. Are they going to be able to make up a couple of these on a Western road swing somewhere? If they do, I'll be the first to tell you, fantastic congratulations. That's what you needed to do, and you did it. Yeah, we hear about all the time, and maybe it's just the defense that's so bad that it clouds this up, but we have to hear all the time about how connected that team is. And I thought last night was like the worst example of a team being connected that we have seen. And they were doing stuff that you do in the preseason. And I'm sorry. I go back to last year. We are allowed to set expectations. We are allowed. 
I don't care what anybody else thinks. I set expectations. And last night was not even close. That was ridiculous. And really from start to finish. 114-110 was the final, and that goes for everybody. That's 33 included. Here's the thing about 33, and you know how much support I've given him. If I'm 33 last night, um, I take it because once upon a time, this team thought that you were not the best, you were not as good as him. They signed this dude to an offer sheet, and Phoenix ultimately matched it. Man, if there was somebody on this schedule that I would want to make sure that I absolutely gave the business to, it would be him. You got to look better than that. You got to look better than that. I mean, one guy, one guy that at one point in time, this organization felt that he was going to be a much better option and did something this organization doesn't do ever. Man, when you are where you are, and you're looking for levels of motivation. I don't know how you couldn't be motivated to face that guy. And granted, you get him like twice a year, right? Because we're talking Western Conference. But I was incredibly disappointed. A lot of people were saying, well, you know, it was Rick Carlisle and his rotations and not enough minutes. Nah, it was on the player. It was more on the player than it was anything else. That last night, um, it, Carlisle is late on trying to deal with players who are – individually on one he's been late all season so far on that but I I will also say I I just kind of wonder this team doesn't have any answers they don't have any answers and the crap that they're trying to do may work for a possession or two but what it's going to do it's going to compromise other areas and they're probably going to as an end result get beat there that's just how bad this defense has been but of the the really joke games so far this year, this one, that was high-pointed last night. Turned it over, jacked around. And I've always told you this. If they don't score at a high volume, in their highest volume, then they're in trouble because they can't guard you. And last night, I mean, you get 114. That's like a defensive game stance for the Pacers right there. Yeah, you can't have it. You know what, too? The sooner that you realize, the sooner somebody goes off on them, probably the better for them. What are you going to do, splinter this group? Just remind them that, yeah, you do have expectations. This is not a write-off year. It's not a write-off. Last year was a write-off year. You know, this year for the Colts would be a write-off year. But this one for the Pacers isn't. I mean, it, it's it's funny how you talk about the depth. It's funny how you talk about the guys being connected. And you would think you would put much more of an urgency in a game like last night. And I, I know, I know, early season and you get all that blah, blah. Well, okay, the early season, then nobody go then, I guess. You guys, you don't decide to spend your disposable income on a basketball game until it is winning time, I guess. 
I'm telling you, you got points in your schedule where you're talking must wins, and now you got some you've got to try to gather on the road, or you know, against elite teams at home. Yeah, nine and seven is not at all where this team should be. And I thought I thought last night was a joke, really did. Uh, we can discuss that if you like at 239-1070. Email the address to jamvia1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live where everybody's in there right now doing their thing. That's good. You know, I mentioned yesterday, and we'll talk about this with Bob Kravitz. I think Bob Kravitz is yeah, very pro. He has a column at bobkravitz.com. Is that where it is now? Bobkravitz.com, right? Uh, regarding John Gruden. And I had... I had a booster. Let me tell you this. In the world of college athletics, the booster has always played a significant role. <laughs> Remember when Jack Horner, Burt Reynolds, and Boogie Nights gave that speech to Dirk Diggler on how important the colonel was <laughs> to making a picture? He puts in all the money. He's really important. Yeah, make sure the colonel is happy. Well, boosters have always been incredibly important, but now with the set of rules collegiately we're talking about here in football, in this case in football and basketball, they're even more important than ever. And I was talking to a, a booster friend of mine, and he's the one that mentioned this. And if you missed me talking yesterday to Dan Wetzel of YahooSports.com, he also backed me up on it. Because he mentioned this as, you know what, if if you're IU, these set of rules could benefit you. I mean, you, you just go out, and if, if you have an NIL package, which evidently was lacking considering what Tom Allen said going out the door about how he prayed that they got serious about NIL with the football program. But I think about coaches this way we're, we're going to debate right we're going to end up debating about pat fitzgerald or some guy from toledo or this fritz dude from tulane and and this is nothing at all against you know, coaches or you know up-and-coming coaches assistant coaches whether it's you know fry at ohio state or heartline is what wetzel mentioned yesterday or you know reese down at alabama uh you know mike hart at michigan I mean, honestly, that may be the way to go because from, you know, I was having a conversation with the booster about we're going into now a land in which you're going to put less importance on paying these big time coaches. You're going to put more of an influence on your NIL to bring in the best possible players. So somebody asked me last night, and and I don't know if it was Wetzel, I don't know if it was this particular booster that convinced me, but in this set of rules, in this era, and believe me, I'm kicking and screaming on this too because nothing is recognizable. And you know me, I am routine-oriented. Nothing right now is recognizable, and I tend to freak out. But if you're in it, you got to find a way to take advantage of it. You know, that term outside the box thinking, and I don't know if Scott Dolson's doing it. I don't know who's doing it down there. But to me, it would weigh more heavily on what you do 
and hopefully creating and growing NIL than it is these dime a dozen coaches you're going to talk to and ultimately bring in here. And I don't mean dime, it sounds terrible, dime a dozen. But does anybody really jump off the page? Oh, wow, you know what? We got to have that guy. But I'm going to tell you what, there are players in that portal where, you, oh, wow, you got to have that guy. So to me, I'm kind of more on that side of, I know that's a new age, new era thinking, and I'm not that way. That's weird. It feels really weird, like an out-of-body experience, but it's true. Talk about that with Greg Rakestraw coming up on the other side. I mentioned Bob Kravitz, bobkravitz.com at the 5 o'clock hour. Spielberger's back in the house at 4 o'clock from PFF. He will join us. Otherwise, if you're on hold, I'll get to you. If you're not and you want to get there, that's absolutely fantastic. Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, which sounds absolutely fantastic. And as you can tell, we got a lot to talk about on this Tuesday. 93.5107.5, the fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Nick, give him your wallet. What for? He's got a knife. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Nick writes this, JMV, lay off them a little. The Blazers almost beat Milwaukee the night before. They blew a 25-point lead the night before. Maybe Portland was just hot. You have noticed that everybody gets hot against the Pacers. Pacers aren't as good as Milwaukee. Please calm down. 9-7 and seven is on track to win 46. See, what you don't understand, Nick, is what you did not take advantage of. And it was incredibly important that they take advantage of these home games. Look at these home games that they have lost so far. You cannot have it. Again, I don't care what your numbers read right now, how this is going to play out. I've been down this path before. I don't care if it's the end of November. I don't care what month it is. That's a game that you should never lose at home last night. And the second of a back-to-back, and if you actually watch the game, the Pacers were awful. Well, they're a young team just getting used to one another. What? Yeah, at some point, at some point, you do have to hold accountability, and I will hold it right now and consider that that could help to be a solution later on. So, I'll calm down when they make up a win or two for 
four of these disappointing home losses so far. When they make it up out west, when they make it up on a road trip, when they make it up against an elite team, you know, in their building, on the road, that's that's when I'll calm down and I'll be Kevin Bacon and out of my house and tell you everything's going to be okay. But last night wasn't okay. And I'm not going to explain that away to you because it's the end of November, because they're a young team, and because the Blazers may have come in hot after having a 25-point lead that they blew in Milwaukee the night before. All those are bullcrap excuses. It's fun to win while you're growing. And I know that you have growing pains, and it's better suited that you take care of those right now, come to that realization, and then be better for it in games that now you're going to have to make up further down the road. That's what you got to understand here. I think it just, hey, snap the finger and everything's going to be fine. But they have a problem defensively of which they have no solution for right now. That should concern you. And on nights in which they don't score 125 points, they're going to be the prime target to take a loss. Got to get better than that. So why not start trying to be better than that? Why not go ahead and stir it up at the end of November? I don't know why that's bad. Thank you, Nick. Andy Moore, Automotive Group, Potline. Greg Rakestraw joins us right now. Hello, Greg. Hello, sir. So do you make the uh, instant transition from football to basketball, high school-wise? I had a couple of games last week, so I had Trinity Lutheran in South Decatur Tuesday, Frankfurt I'm sorry, Tri-West and Cascade on Wednesday, and I have Attics in North Central tonight, and then it goes uh, full-scale hoops with uh, some pretty significant events, starting with the Sneakers for Santa shootout on Saturday in Brownsburg. So uh, there is no rest for the wicked nor the weary. All right, I want to get to you on a a couple of different things. Are we surprised that uh, the O'Neal kid from Cathedral decided to go ahead and uh, pull out his his Colorado and go someplace else? And I kind of wonder if you you think you know where he's going to end up going commitment-wise. I don't really know because obviously we had him a couple of times in terms of the – uh, you know, the po- playoffs had their sectional final against LM in the regional game, which was a fantastic game against Ben Davis. But but even though I know a lot of folks that can people program, we don't kind of follow them on a regular basis. So I don't have those kind of ties to give you an idea as to where he might be heading. Nothing surprises me in recruiting anymore. Um, it strikes me as amazing that you'll have – and this is not to bag on the kid or any kid that does this. It's just the changing nature of it. You'll have a guy make a commitment, you know, even the summer of his junior year or, or fall of his of his junior year, and the world changes 15 times over now between that and, and the moment they actually already set foot on campus. Um, I think he is that level of player. He showed me that level of toughness uh, in, in the way he competed in that game against Ben Davis. So I'm not exactly sure where he's heading, but I guarantee you someplace of a major college variety – We'll offer him a scholarship, and he'll be on that campus come January. Greg Raystraw joins us. What's IU need in a head coach? <laughs> they need a lot. Uh, and, and I think it is just as important, if not more so, that whom they have in a head coach comes with the war chest needed to be able to, be, to compete. And let's, on, and let's be honest, Indiana has upgraded their facilities significantly 
everybody in the Big Ten has. That is the result of the last 15 years of the Big Ten network and escalating television revenue and things like that. But now it's, you know, we, we've asked IU, hey, spend more on coaches. They've done that. We've asked IU, hey, spend more on facilities. Hey, they've done that. Now it's, hey, let's spend more on players. And, and, and so that's the next frontier. And, and is there enough to do that and be successful? So the next head coach needs to be dynamic, needs to be a great recruiter. You know, I've heard say I've heard some talk about well, it needs to be an offensive guy because the last guy was a defensive guy. Um, I, I'm not sure that I think it has to be the case. Uh, having some level of knowledge in terms of dealing in a power five or now power four program would be great. You know whether it's guys that, that have ties here, like obviously Kane Womack or like Justin Fry. Um, you know those certainly catch my attention. Guys like Paul Christ and Dan Mullen, you know, catch my attention as well that have won in similar uh, positions or have won in this league, you know, as, as Paul certainly did as well. Uh, but I, I think just as important as whom the head coach is going to be, I, I think it's really about how big is the war chest going to be and what is the appetite for boosters and donors spending more money in football when you haven't had the results to get there to this point. And I've said this, uh, and really I was talked into this by a booster. Dan Wetzel helped me a little bit yesterday in terms of what is necessary. And and I view, don't get me wrong, the head coach, incredibly important. But to me, and and from you know what they tell me, it's most important to make sure what you're talking about right now is adequate and growing because if you're a team like IU playing football in you know the newly now going to be stacked Big Ten once again, that is a way that you can work around what has been the past and shortcomings compared you know to other schools and their football programs of history in the Big Ten is by you know bringing in those players, paying those players, bring them in. Whereas you know maybe the importance of paying a lot of money for a head coach. That declines a little bit compared to bringing in top players that can help, you know, a school that historically doesn't have the type of winning that that obviously the other teams do within the Big Ten. Just going about it under the rules that are set and put forth right now is maybe more of an angle than, you know, going out there and hoping that you're going to find this coach and paying this coach a crap ton of money. This, this is how I would phrase it is this. You could argue now that Indiana is amongst the top 34 football programs in the nation. And, and you start laughing at that comment immediately. And, and I understand without this qualifying comment that you would. But it's, not, it's almost like it's not the Big Ten and the SEC. It's like the AFC and the NFC. And Indiana has one of the seats at the table. Now you have to, you have to pay like it. You have to be funded like it. Or you run the risk of at some point in time down the road, the pack leaves you and doesn't invite you back in. And I don't care about decades of tradition. I don't care about being a member of the conference dating back to when it was called the Big Six. The University of Chicago was a part of it. It does not matter. Through your affiliations to this point, you are in the Big Ten. Now it expands to 18 teams. Now that it is one of the two true super conferences in college football, in college athletics. But you're going to have to get that football program finding the right guy. It's about having the funding to find about 50 of the right guys that likes to wear helmets and shoulder pads going forward. 
It's like Greg Rickstraw on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. If you're IU, would you consider Pat Fitzgerald? Um, I would consider it, but you'd have to do a heck of a lot of due diligence. And I'm not sure if we truly have the answers to exactly what went down at Northwestern to where I, I'm not sure I'd be going down that road. Uh, and I think there's enough – I frankly think there is a, is enough other candidates we have to deal with that, and secondarily, I think you can also say that while he won at Northwestern more consistently than anybody else, didn't exactly. I mean, think of his last couple of years at Northwestern; they weren't exactly overly great. You know, they made, they made the Big Ten championship recently. They also won a minuscule amount of games recently too. I'm I'm not sure if I'd be hitching uh, or putting all my eggs in that basket at this point if I were if I were IU. Uh, you're number one in West Lafayette for the football program under new guidance and leadership. What'd you think overall? Um, maybe I built put up this. Um, yeah, I mean they they won three Big Ten games in the weaker half. You beat IU. It's not exactly a high bar. You had way too difficult of a non-conference schedule, and so um is how I would describe it. Uh, could could have been a whole lot better. I guess it could have been worse. Um, and now let's see, let's see, kind of Ryan Walters what he learns after year one as a head coach going into year number two. And again, now let's see with the transfer portal and all the same things I said about IU. Let's see exactly what the war chest looks like for Purdue. Let's see how how active uh, and aggressive they are in upgrading the football talent. Um, so, so I wouldn't put it as as great. Certainly, wouldn't put it as bad. Put it somewhere in the middle. All right, basketball-wise, uh, Boilermakers, number one in the nation for good reason. And we're not going to know really any answers until you get to the end of March. Those were When everything's going to be answered, and then obviously the biggest of Band-Aids will be placed on you know the Boilermaker fans of the basketball program out there. But in what way so far this season have you seen them on a different course than than maybe what you expected things that obviously can translate into ncaa long-term tournament success a little more depth a little more athleticism at the guard position just having another year of experience for braden smith and for fletcher lawyer um but this team's been really good in november and december and january and february and early march and i and i'm trying to make sure that i am just being a fan and able to, because I really love watching them play. Um, and again, because there are so many kids that I know and covered them as high school basketball players. They're a team that I want to be successful, but I'm not sure there's any answer you can give that isn't, I've seen this before. Let me know what happens from March 22nd on. And I use that specific date because I think they're going to be seated high enough to where they're, their games are played at Gamebridge Fieldhouse because the first and second rounds are here in Indianapolis this year. Um, I, I want to see this team get past weekend one. Then I want to see them get past the Sweet 16. And so there, there are attributes I can point to and say, hey, I think this team is better here than they were a year ago. And Miles Colvin adds to that mix as well. But just given the recent track record, get me to March 22nd. And, and then yeah. let's all hope – for something different and better. If you're not a U fan, you don't feel that way. If you're kind of neutral like me, I want to see these guys win a national championship. I realize the goal is 
First goal is Final Four. Get back there for the first time in 44 years. I get that. I want to see him win the whole stinking thing, but I will be somewhat skeptical until they at least get past the first week in the NCAA tournament. Number one, Purdue gets zero and six Texas Southern later on tonight. That's at eight thirty. Then both IU and Purdue start the Big Ten campaign coming up this Friday night. I think IU, Maryland, and Purdue Northwestern, if memory serves, right there coming up on Friday to start the Big Ten. All right, five and one, my Sycamores and Josh Shirts. They get Southern Illinois. The Salukis four and one at the Holman Center later on tonight. What's uh, Indiana State look like so far? Indiana State's really good, um, and, and again, it's it's really good at a different level, but yet it's the type of team that I think that can be successful in the NCAA tournament and knocking off a team or two. Uh, bringing the Swope kid from USI, bringing Ryan Conwell back home who played at Pike from South Florida. As you've heard me say before, is the goods. Yeah. The fact that Indiana State kept him for a second year is pretty impressive. Um, Josh Schertz is coaching his team to a level where I worry about Josh not being in Indiana State next year because somebody else has gobbled him up. So uh, Is, you know, is right? Avila like a player of the year in the Mo Valley type of guy? Certainly, potentially. You know, as a team, I think Indiana State was picked to finish fourth. I think maybe they're even better than that. Um, you know, Drake seemingly is the favorite heading in, but I don't think Indiana State's that far off. I mean, one of the best teams in the Valley – and again, the, the ultimate compliment I can pay Josh Shirts is like when other coaches, you know, say that guy runs good stuff or they're trying to emulate what a team does offensively, that's the best compliment I can play. Josh was that guy at Lincoln Memorial where other coaches were kind of saying, okay, how can we play like he plays? That's the ultimate sign of respect. And people have that for Josh. Uh, that, that was a great hire they made to bring him there. And I think I think that hire pays off potentially in spades this year. Uh, Ball State and Michael Lewis five and one on the road tonight versus Little Rock at two and four. That's a seven thirty start. To Greg Rakestraw's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Greg, I appreciate that. Get get going here. It's time to get geared up for a little high school basketball. Seven thirty on my Andy TV. Tune in North Central Addicts. Addicts is really really good. Talented. We'll have them a bunch along with Kokomo, especially kind of in December, all these kind of major events we have on Saturday. So I'll be seeing the Flying Tigers a whole lot, starting with this evening's contest. And I remember Addicts back in the day. l and I think 1984, one of the best teams in the state, single-class basketball, I want to say 1984, and they played at North Davies High School, and Addicts traveled down to play them. They wanted to get a tougher team on the schedule, and Addicts back then was on that schedule. I always thought that was cool as hell out about that. All right, buddy. I appreciate you. Be good. So, Greg Rakestraw on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Kravitz, Spielberger, you and me at 239-1070. More on the Pacers, Jonathan Taylor, and the thumb injury that could compromise games forthcoming beginning in Nashville on Sunday for the Colts at the worst possible time. But at least some of you draft capital dorks out there did not see Zach Moss traded prior to the trade deadline. So thank me. Actually, not thank me. Thank those in the know that that didn't happen. Quick break. Back with you next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, 
Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy. My rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese. My good time boy. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Greg Rakestraw Podcast, 107.5. The Fan. Dot com, everybody. A dugout coming up on Thursday. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots, Week 13. The house of one Nick Baxter. Shout out to Nick Baxter. We'll be there. Brent Holverson and I, and hopefully you too at the dugout. Fletcher Place, we'll see you coming up on Thursday. And this is a shout out to the West Siders out there. West Side Pub, Bud Light Blue Friday. It is, especially this time of year, it's a staple at being at Westside Pub off of Morris. That is on Friday. Got Colts tickets to give away. That is a Bud Light Blue Friday at the Westside Pub. Can't wait to see you out there. Zach writes this. It's not too early to see the trend that the Pacers can't handle success. Beat a good NBA team, follow it up with a home loss to an awful NBA team. Wins count the same. If you beat the Bucs or the Wizards, Pacers need to stop making the season harder. My point has been they've made the season harder. And you're going to say, hey, 9-7 and is great. With that home schedule through the first month and a half of the season, that's not great. I don't care if it does compute to 46 wins. That's not great. They have four bad home losses. That's not great. People think I'm freaking out and it's early in the season. Yeah, yeah, you guys, we've been down this path so many times. Why is it so hard to understand? I'm not mad at them. But you cannot afford to lose games, for example, like last night. You can't. I don't care if they're learning a new defense or whatever. You cannot afford it. And really, defense wasn't the issue as it normally was last night. They couldn't hit a three. They turned the ball over, high volume rate. Well, your defense was bad in the fourth, especially against Jeremy Grant. But you're not going to be allowed to come back to me later on the season and go, oh, yeah, well, look, they can't do this, and you got to win on the road against a tougher team. you got to take advantage of points in your schedule. That's also something about a long season. And the first month and a half – you were able to, at least schedule-wise, and it's not like you know, Charlotte or the Bulls or the Blazers. You know, I mentioned the Raptors in there, too. At least the Raptors are a little bit better than the three other teams. You just you can't afford to be this Pacers team and gag up those three losses especially. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. Brad Spielberger of PFF on the other side. If you're on hold, I'll get to your calls as well. Don't go anywhere. 
93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. I am the cream here. The cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Bob Kravitz in the 5 o'clock hour. I love Lane Staley. The late, great Lane Staley. Uh, Breaking news. Do you have a breaking news sounder? See if sorrow is good enough here, but if you have it, let me know. That's Spielberger in a second. Hit it. Now, according to James Boyd of The Athletic, Jonathan Taylor will undergo thumb surgery tomorrow in L.A. with the hope that he can return in two to three weeks. That according to Colts owner Jim Ursay. So Jim Irsay telling that to the Athletic. Irsay to the Athletic on Jonathan Taylor's thumb, quote, we're hopeful that it can be a non-surgical situation, but I think at this point we're just examining with Jonathan all the options. That was earlier. Now, that was eight minutes ago, right? So they didn't have much of a clue there. And then six minutes later, James with Jonathan Taylor and the thumb surgery. Yeah, I'm kind of looking for it as well where that injury came from. But that is uh, James Boyd. And, uh, again, I'm going to make sure. I was checking here, making sure. James Boyd of the Athletic Jonathan Taylor will undergo thumb surgery tomorrow in L.A. with the hope that he can return in two to three weeks. That is from James Boyd. So give James credit for that and the Athletic for that right there. Now, again, at the very least... You know, I'm trying to, in this case, I'm trying to make you feel better about it. At least in that case, uh, you have Zach Moss. We had a lot of people wanting to trade Zach Moss, if you remember, at the trade deadline for draft capital. Just trying to drive me nuts. So at the very least, they didn't do that. Uh, So take that for what it's worth. Thumb surgery for Taylor for James Boyd. Two to three weeks is what they're hoping. 
Uh, we shall see. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline from Pro Football Focus. Brad Spielberger is with us. Hello, Brad. How are you? Hey, doing well. How you doing? All right. With the teams that they face um, coming up here, um, certainly next week, well, Sunday in Nashville, and then after that in Cincinnati, how do you think the Colts can deal with this? They do have an adequate backup who has shown that he can produce in Zach Moss. I hate the fact that Taylor's going to miss time, but at least you have that going for you. You do, you do. Moss obviously stepped in and was a good player in all facets of the game. Um, you know, not just early down runs, but even showing some development and growth as a pass catcher and pass protector. I think it's it's good that Cincinnati's on there. They've struggled against the run this year. Tennessee always shows up fairly well in that category, but um, some, some injuries and, and just poor seasons from their edge defenders. I think you can run off tackle against them. Um, you know, Shane Steichen's going to find a way to dial some things up, create some yards before contact. So, yeah, not a great development, not a good sign. I think Taylor was starting to look like the Jonathan Taylor we're used to watching yeah. each and every Sunday. But, um, you know, you know you have a capable backup that'll inspire confidence in the offensive line and the play caller because they've seen it this year. Um, that, that, that is the, the uh, silver lining of what's happening here. So Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus with us. And, and you brought up just now the fact that Taylor was rounding into shape, rounding into form. What were some of the things that you noticed in him doing that? 91 yards certainly had a couple of touchdowns on Sunday and that went over Tampa Bay. But beyond just you know the numbers, for example, what are some of the things you have seen in the growth back to traditional form for Jonathan Taylor over the past couple of games? Yeah, I think there was a, a grown confidence in just hitting the hole quickly uh, you know, and really just trusting what his eyes were showing him. Like, I think we can overlook sometimes. I guess it's kind of the position now where we've had the most holdouts. But a lot of these guys in the first couple of weeks, you know, you look at a Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. You look historically at some of the players that have at least skipped camp and skipped time. It's not only just adjusting to getting hit and, and getting back up and, and all the components that come with running back play, but I think it's really – Seeing blocks develop in front of you, maybe you explode through a hole too quickly and don't have that patience to let a gap really open up and develop based on, you know, is there a pulling blocker or they is it a gap scheme, a zone scheme? Like, what are you actually looking at? And I think there was a little bit of that with Taylor early on where he wasn't as patient as we've seen from him in the past. So this week I thought he was great. I thought he really was just waiting, letting things develop. This is a very good run defense in Tampa. Um, so a good matchup in particular to see that he forced five missed tackles for us in this game, uh, which is a very strong number on 16 attempts. Yeah, he looked like Jonathan Taylor. All right. Presently, Brett Spielberger, PFFs on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Seventh in the wild card AFC situation right now. And you get, you know, Nashville, the Titans coming up on Sunday. And the schedule the rest of the way is, at least eyeball-wise, very soft in terms of the Colts. Where do you and PFF have it as far as potentially the Colts being able to lock down a playoff slot when it's said and done? Yeah, like you mentioned, the schedule is, is somewhat favorable, so there really is a path forward. We right now have it at a 42% chance that they make the playoffs. You might wonder, you know, why is it not above 50% when they're in the playoff picture right now and do have some winnable games. But, you know, it's all tied to our power rankings. Uh, and the strength of schedule going forward is favorable per this. We have them at the 26th uh, hardest schedule, so the whatever that is, 8th, 7th easiest schedule going forward. Um, but, you know, uh, of course, we need to see it happen. We need to see continued good play. 
um, from this team. But, yeah, around a 50% ticketed. I think any Colts fan would take that, um, you know, after the Anthony Richardson injury and really just coming into the year, um, you know, say, hey, we're going to week 13 and you have about a 42% chance of making the playoffs. Uh, that, that's a success in my eyes. Uh, in the offseason, they, they make a change at offensive line coach Chris Strasser uh, let go and Tony Sperano Jr. was brought in. How have you and your colleagues at PFF examined this Colts offensive line? And they've had to piece some things together here too because of injury, whether we're talking about with Ryan Kelly missing games or Braden Smith at right tackle missing games. How has this offensive line looked for the better part of the season, especially as we hit the stretch run in 2023? I think you've seen some really encouraging signs. So not only the players that we already knew were very good, you know, your Quentin Nelson, your Ryan Kelly's, your Braden Smith, just getting back to playing more fo- the football that we're used to seeing. I think the really encouraging sign is the second half of the season, the continued emergence and growth of Bernard Ryman at left tackle, and then even a Will Fry at right guard as well. And I, I will say this, honestly, position coaches matter a ton, and you're going to get development from different players. Um, you know, based on who was coaching them on a day-to-day basis, on their technique and all of those things. But I do think the juxtaposition of a Shane Stuckin coming to Indy and all these guys, you know, grading out better and showing up better in various metrics, coupled with Frank Wright goes to Carolina, um, and a lot of those guys look like they've regressed or have played worse. And I say that to say the scheme is also probably protecting these players and, and making their jobs and their lives easier um, you know, Reich comes from a tree where they ask a lot of their offensive linemen. They leave their tackles on islands a bunch. They don't benefit from pre-snap motion, play action. It's a lot of gap scheme, a lot of winning your one-on-ones, which, of course, you need to do to a degree. But I think Steichen comes in, um, you know, and, and a lot of chip help, a lot of keeping tight ends in, um, you know, doing various different things to make their job easier. So, yeah, offensive line coach, sure, but I also think the actual run game scheme um, is benefiting them as well. How does uh, PFF view the job as a rookie head coach Shane Steichen has done to this point? About as good as you could possibly ask. I mean, truly, um, I-, I think, you know, personally, he's like should be in the running. He's not actually going to get in the conversation, but he's a coach of the year candidate in, in my eyes. I mean, still, what, they've had one game now without 20-plus points, you know, in Germany against the England Patriots and a defense that, you know, even with injuries, is still causing problems for a lot of opposing teams. Um, you know, consistently moving the football, still showing up good in, in early scripted drives, in the first drives out of second halves. Um, you, you know, it just the consistency with which the team is playing. With a Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew, who very capable backup, you know, a, a smart guy, a guy that can corral – you know, a, a locker room and, and a huddle and an offense, but, you know, has had some really poor footwork and pocket presence and made some mistakes, and they've found ways to overcome all of those things. Uh, I genuinely think Steichen has done as good a job as any coach in the NFL this year. So Brad Spielberger, a pro football focus. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I mentioned, too, the matchup in Nashville for the Colts coming up again on Sunday is with 4-7 and seven Tennessee. You just described what has gone right to this point for 6-5 and five Indy. What has gone most haywire for the Titans to be 4-7 and seven at this point of the season? Yeah, I think it's a lot of things we kind of already knew coming in. I mean, the offensive line is probably the worst offensive line in football. You know, and then they get Nicholas petit Frere back from a gambling suspension, but then he unfortunately gets hurt. Uh, and he had actually replaced Andre Dillard, their free agent signing, as the starting left tackle. So he goes down, so Dillard's back in the lineup. 
Um, you know, Pierce Karofsky, the rookie's been good at left guard. Actually, like their draft class, kind of overall has played some good ball. But this is just not a talented roster. Um, you know, the pass catchers outside of DeAndre Hopkins, there's no one that's reliable on a week-to-week basis whatsoever. On defense, you know, a guy like a Harold Landry, who's been a very good player for a long time. Unfortunately, so far, it's early. But the post-ACL tear, tear Harold Landry is not the same player. Um, so that unit is kind of Jeffrey Simmons and a bunch of bodies, you know, as well. I like Imani Hooker at safety, some other guys. But, but yeah, like, not to oversimplify it, I, I think it's one of the least talented rosters in the NFL. All right, so... Will Levis goes in and had an outstanding first game. Slide that aside. How has the rookie quarterback from Kentucky looked since? Yeah, he he has come back down to earth a little bit. And and some of the particular issues that popped up in college, um, holding on the ball for a very long time and taking some unnecessary hits was always an issue with him. Had a very high pressure to sack rate where, you know, just doesn't throw the ball away or scramble in time or stands in too long and just takes some shots. So so that has creeped up a little bit as well. And then there's just – you watch his Kentucky tape, and as talented as he, as he is, as toolsy as he is, and as good at times as you saw touch passes from him and, and things of that nature. There are a couple snaps a game where – Either the velocity and the trajectory would just not match with what was required of him on a given throw, and he would just throw these kind of like unnecessary darts and lasers sometimes. Um, he would air some throws over guys' heads. So it's like it's a little bit of that, like almost like a pitcher. Like, does he have his stuff on a given day? Like, his slider's not, not cutting, you know, his curveball's not breaking. Like, that just kind of pops up here and there. He was great against Pittsburgh. It's been more of a struggle since. But I do still think. There's a lot of good there. The talent is evident. I liked his end of first half drive against Tampa. Uh, you know, getting in field goal range, driving down, making some good decisions, managing the game well. Uh, I still believe in the guy long term because he's talented. But but you are seeing some of the Kentucky issues pop up now. Um, you know, on a more consistent basis. All right, uh, major concern if there is one for the Colts. And, and again, it's not like the Colts are that much better than really anybody out there at six and five. Um, you have to be on guard against with Tennessee still, even with a four and seven disappointing team. Yeah, no, you do. You, you got to be on guard. You, you can't overlook any opponent in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, and. DeAndre Hopkins also can certainly take advantage of the secondary. You know, there are ways right. and matchups that you could point to to where you don't love the matchup for the Colts in particular. I think this would have been a great game for Grover Stewart to be there um, against, you know, a Derrick Henry and a run game that's going to cause problems for anybody. So there are certainly ways and, 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 you know, outcomes that I see where Tennessee wins this game just based on a couple key matchups swinging in their favor, you know, because also – I mentioned Tennessee is a very good run defense. They're they're susceptible in coverage, but can Gardner Minshew take advantage of that to the level that you'd like? Um, Roger McCreary, I think, is the best corner in Tennessee right now, and he probably should get a lot of slot snaps against Josh Downs, who's been the most you know explosive player. Obviously, Pittman is you know a ten catch a game guy right now, but can he get you those explosive chunk gains on a consistent basis? That's a little bit more down to a degree. So. Yeah, cannot overlook this opponent, divisional game, all of those things, but also just on a matchup basis, I do think some things do swing in Tennessee's favor here. Uh, does Buffalo look pretty done to you at 6-6? Six and six? 
well, their schedule going forward is an absolute gauntlet. So, so that doesn't make it any easier, right? Like they, they're already, you know, looking uphill, trying to figure things out. And we have them with the third hardest schedule in the NFL the rest of the way. Yeah, kind of. They, they are probably cooked to me just because their defense is, just, you know, everyone's talking about Josh Allen, who I think has been exceptional. Yeah, too many turnovers, sure. But um, the defense is cooked. I mean, they are just, they, they can't get consistent pressure. Um, you know, Von Miller is not really Von Miller anymore. The secondary is a problem. Um, I, I, they could sneak in as a wild card. It wouldn't shock me because the offense, I still think, is a top five offense in the NFL. Um, but it's just, it's hard to, like, they can't play complimentary football. You know, Sean McDermott, frankly, has not been good enough as a game manager or a defensive coordinator. Um, I, I find it hard to see them getting in, uh, you know, just given who they play the rest of the way. So Brad Spielberger of PFF. We know that Houston six and five had a fifty-four yard field goal that hit the crossbar, and then they cut the kicker yesterday that missed that fifty-eight yarder. But still at six and five in place, and still getting a high level of play from their rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud. How good has he been compared to what you and your colleagues at PFF felt as a rookie this season? I think the biggest thing for him that it was really fascinating because it even popped up in the Georgia game last year was he was our most accurate quarterback in all of college football. His last two seasons at Ohio state, he was the highest graded quarterback in the country from a clean pocket. And that is the most stable statistic for quarterbacks, particularly from college to pro is how they perform in a clean pocket. You know, that means no pressure, um, you know, and just a standard drop back throwing. And so, that has carried over. He is he is one of the highest graded quarterbacks from a clean pocket. Again, actually the highest graded throwing ten plus yards downfield in the entire NFL. The thing that it surprised myself in particular, and I, I guess the company at large, his grade under pressure in college last year was not even a top a hundred mark in the FBS. Um, and so we wondered when he's under siege, when he's when he's dealing with pressure. Is that going to cause so many problems for him that he can't overcome? And the weirdest thing was the Georgia game, you know, the best college defense maybe ever. He was, he was exceptional in, in that particular subset. And that has carried over. It's bizarre for a one-game sample in college to kind of be what we're now seeing on a weekly basis. So I, I had no issues with him. I think he was going to be bad. Um, I think he's a legitimate MVP candidate this year. I, I certainly did not see that coming. Uh, again, Brad Spielberger with us. I'm curious. So we didn't talk last week, and uh, Shaquille Leonard got waived here, and he showed up at the game on Sunday. They had a video of him, all that. But this week, it seems like he gets back down to business of trying to be a part of a team, whether it's in Dallas, reportedly, or Philadelphia has also been mentioned. Does he find a seat on somebody else's team this week? I do. I think it kind of works out for him that some of these contenders, particularly the two you just mentioned in the NFC East, um, really do need linebacker. You know, Dallas loses Leighton Vander Esch probably for the year. The rookie, DeMarvion Overshone, who was a promising guy in camp, uh, it sounded like. You know, he goes out for the year with the torn ACL. There had some other injuries there as well. Um, they could certainly use him. I'm not shocked that was the first visit he took. And then Philadelphia doesn't really invest in the position, but the guys they do have – are your early down run stuffing sideline to sideline type players. They are not, you know, your, your coverage guys that can play the will spot and, and drop in coverage and, you know, run Tampa two and do all these various different things that at his peak, you know, Leonard was probably as good as anyone in the league at doing. And so even if he's not quite the same guy with all the injuries he's had, 
I think his particular skill set it would be so valuable to both of those teams. And as we know, like if there's one thing that's going to spur a signing, you know, it's two division rivals competing for for a division for an NFC one seed, whatever you want to say, um, that would help Leonard out for sure as those two teams bidding for his services. Um, I do. I think it gets done here in the near future. All right. What are you writing about at PFF, Brad? Yep. So we're bringing back a segment from earlier in the year that is, it's our team needs tracker. So we're looking at, you know, based on the season-long grade at each position group, what do teams need to address in both free agency and the draft? So we talk about a position group, and then we highlight one particular free agent and one particular draft you know, prospect that those teams that fit from a schematic standpoint, that makes sense from a value standpoint of where they would select them um, or how much they would sign them for. And we write all that up for all, all 32 teams in the NFL. Well, we'll check that out as usual. Good to have you back on on this Tuesday, too. We missed you last week, brother. I appreciate you having me back. Brad, anytime. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Brad Spielberger, uh, pro football focus on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Again, James Boyd says three to four weeks missing for Jonathan Taylor as, according to James and the Athletic from Jim Ursay, that there's going to be an L.A. surgery in the not-so-distant future for Jonathan Taylor and his thumb. Uh, That's the latest. Again, James Boyd had that of the Athletic right as we uh, kicked off the 4 o'clock hour. Thumb surgery tomorrow in L.A. The hope is that he can return in two to three weeks. So a lot of Zach Moss certainly coming up on Sunday against the Titans in Nashville and maybe the week after that. Well, you would expect, I would guess, with the Bengals. Two to three weeks, according to James Boyd and the Athletic, getting that from Colts owner Jim Irsay. Bob Kravitz can remark on that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Again, Brad Spielberger, Greg Gregstraw, that podcast, 107.5thefan.com. If you missed any of it. (laughs) No. Yeah, Bob Kravitz uh, wants John Gruden... I want somebody that can coach, but my focus is more on NIL, at least the way that it was told to me yesterday. And whoever comes is going to have to bring like an entire team with him. The entire starting offensive lines, either in the portal or going pro. Now, basically, the entirety of IU's team is in the transfer portal right now. So whoever's going to be the next head coach is going to have to bring a team with him. Let's go, team. Let's go to Bloomington. Back to that in a second. Bob Kravitz in the 5 o'clock hour. It is 239-1070. I left some time here. Fulton, my good friend, is on here. From Cicero, Indiana. Hello, Fulton. How are you, JMB? Fulton, I'm fantastic now that you called. Yep, got some uh, basketball shoes, the new basketball shoes. I'll be ready for basketball this There you go, buddy. I'm glad to hear it. What else is happening in the world of Fulton? Well, I'm about to start my new um, Christmas album coming out pretty soon. Heck yeah. 
Christmas yeah, celebration up there. Yeah. Well, yeah, be ready for it. it is always good to hear from you. And I'm sure we'll talk before Christmas gets here. But if we don't, have a great holiday season. I hope your Thanksgiving was great. And I'm sure that we'll talk and probably see one another again soon. Yeah, hopefully I'll let you know when the um, games are going to start for basketball. You got it, buddy. Let me know, Fulton. Always good to talk with I you. Will. Tell your family hello. I will. Ah, Fulton right there. Thank you, Fulton. Aaron's at 239-1070. Aaron, go ahead. Hey, John. Hey, man, I got a couple of things over by that want you to give you a response to it. First, one for the Pacers and one for IU. Now, the Pacers, they having trouble rebounding. They have no problem scoring. They having trouble getting that one particular rebound. So you get, can you tell me how did that they can draft Jarius West? Oh, uh, Jarius, you know, the first-round pick. Yes, just walk the top yeah. eight can't get off the bench. The second-round pick is – something's going on, and they're not telling us, and I believe Carlisle's going to pass, you know, because he's Uncle Carlisle. You know, he's Mr. Nice guy. There's no way – did they miss out on uh, on the particulars they needed out of someone draft that high? But if he can't get off the bench, that means they made a mistake, and they can't admit it. And as far as IU are concerned, I hear people, as usual, here in Indiana, start talking about, well, let's go get a man who old Linder's ice cream cousin who went to IU back in 1950. Forget that. You need to go down south and get one of these SEC, a specific coaches that has – ties to the top athletes in the country. Stop getting these here players from Ben Davis and a couple other local schools just because they represent the culture in the area. That will get you jack squat. You know, I don't care if it's Randall L. or whoever. I heard a couple of guys, I won't call their name, but they on the uh, radio uh, have a, a spot on YouTube talking about they don't care about the character um, about getting John Gruden here. Now, all the time they go after the low-hanging fruit when it's the players talking about talking about uh, how they don't want the, uh, players here without character. But yet when it comes to a coach, they change their attitude. You know, what's good for us is not good for them type of attitude. Let's go get somebody that knows football, that don't play the games that you have to play to be tied in up here. Well, I'm then I go hire anybody from IU. Thank you, Aaron, from 1950. <laughs> yeah, I will say nothing really stands out. I, I, I know a lot of people. I, I just saw a report a little bit earlier from uh, Thamel that suggested Arkansas is vetting Bobby Petrino to possibly bring him back as the offensive coordinator. I I would, I would vet away. There's one thing that Fitzgerald does have, and he's been a part of a program and they've got new digs and everything up there. And I'm sure what happened in Northwest and they got him fired was on his watch and egregious and all that, but do some vetting there. I just, everybody else, there's really nobody that does much for me. And if it does do something for me, then, you know, go give it to a first timer and you know, again, concentrate on, the way the rules are now, I guess, and have your boosters bring you more money.
because that is exactly where we continue to go. I have no idea how this has has legs to last the way people think it is. But again, if you're in the pool at that moment, I don't know what else you can do outside of swim and swim with the others. That's a thought. Do I need a break here? I think that stakes. Hey, Cam, you and Bill on the other side. I'm sorry. I'll get to you guys coming up next. Kravitz in the 5 o'clock hour. <laughs> His thought and John Gruden and Jonathan Taylor. Three to four weeks, the possibility. Two to three. Check that. Two to three, according to James Boyd, who got that information in The Athletic from Jim Ursay. Thumb surgery in L.A. forthcoming for the Colts running back. Two to three weeks is what has been suggested. We'll talk about that with Bob, top of the hour. Hey, don't go anywhere. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Everybody freeze. Everybody down on the ground. Well, which is it, young feller? You want I should freeze or get down on the ground? If I freeze, I can't rightly drop. And if I drop, I'm going to be in motion. You see? Shut up! Okay, then. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. This is really weird right here. I saw this from yesterday. I'm sure you guys have read it and brought it up but former Carolina tight end Greg Olson who is color analyst on Fox's number one NFL crew would be interested in the Panthers vacancy if he were approached that would be (laughs) Frank Wright gets canned and then uh, somebody off your TV with no coaching experience gets the gig that is just way way too weird right that's way weird like what took place here a year ago but saw that a little bit earlier today, too. Jonathan Taylor, apparently two to three weeks, thumb surgery in L.A. is happening tomorrow, according to The Athletic and James Boyd. But you got you got Zach Moss, and you got Zach Moss to back up and to play now as a starter instead of draft capital. Some of the dorks wanted prior to the trade deadline. Well done. Well done. It's from David AJMV regarding the Pacers. You can't make up for bad losses with good wins. You have to beat the bad teams and then to go to the next level by winning some against the good teams. I will say this. You can get these back with good wins against good teams on the road, but I don't think I'm going to hold my breath. What you do is you make it more difficult on yourself. 
And you can look at it at 9-7, and seven and you can do the math, and, hey, that plays out over the course of the regular season to 46 wins. It does not considering the matchups you're going to have, especially on the road. You lost four incredible home opportunities to really get off to a great start. And last night was like the pinnacle of really screwing it up. So, yeah, I don't care if you start at 9-7. and seven. I don't care if it's early in the season. These games will come back to haunt you. I hope that they're able to make it up, but you put a lot of pressure on yourself to do that. And last night was yet another example of it. And really, last night was one of the worst. And last night was just awful from really start to finish. This look like a discombobulated mess. If you're if you're Tyrese Halliburton and you know you end up cussing, you know, to reporters in the postgame press are good. Good. Yeah, they deserved it. I mean, team wise deserved it. Uh, you go out on the road here, back to back, I think, coming up here. Um in Miami. One of those two games on the road scenarios coming up. I think we figure out we figure out later on tonight. Look that up, James, who their opponent is in the knockout stage of the end season tournament. Yeah, last night was disappointing. Cameron's at two three nine ten seven. Hello, Cameron. Hey, JMB, I appreciate it. Um, just going quickly off the Pacers, I think it's totally reasonable to have worrisome or some frustration because if I'm not mistaken, this whole off season, including Tyrese, everyone talked about, you know, we got to get back in the playoffs. We got to do this and that. Well, if you're going to be a playoff team, you got to beat these smaller teams. And I know last night they lost, but it just effort wise, I was at the game and there was no energy. No, none. None. Three minutes. Exactly. It's the loudest. You would have thought he hit a game winning buzzer beater. Yeah. No, you're 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 absolutely right about that. And then the, the way that they let Jeremy Grant work him over, and you know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Like like Eddie Gill was on trying something different defensively to to slow him down. Well, before the coaching staff was, I was listening to the radio, watching on TV, and I'm going, man, Eddie Gill's talking about doing something different right now. That may be a good idea. <laughs> and then they finally did, but I, I just uh, – it was disappointing because you're right. From start to finish, the effort at the beginning of the game was not there, and that's how they looked for the entirety of the game. And we've seen that now a couple of different times. you got to take advantage of the early season schedule, and at 9-7, and seven, clearly the Pacers have and You're right. Yeah, and speaking of schedule, I don't know if the fans have actually looked at it, but it's about to actually start picking up, and their schedule in January – is insane. And the last thing I'll say real quick yep. is I know that they had trouble with Jeremy Grant, but they're going to continue to have trouble all year with anybody over six foot eight until they can realize that they actually have to, you know, either draft what well, they did kind of draft a, a winger, bigger guy, but Neesmith, I love Aaron Neesmith's energy and hustle, but there's nothing you can do when you're guarding guys three inches taller than you in the NBA. They're going to make shots over you. And until they can get an actual wing or maybe try to walk her out there to guard some of the power forwards, they're going to give up 30 to 40 to, to, to dominant wings or dominant bigger guys. Yeah, I don't see – and thank you for the call too, Cameron. I, I don't see the solution defensively here. Now, I will say this, and I know that they're trying. I know Rick has said they're trying a new defense and it's going to take some time, and that's great. I just – I don't know where that solution is going to be, a new defense or not. 
Uh, and really, last night, defense wasn't really the issue. It was just turnovers, and your offense was awful. And I thought, as Cameron accurately stated, they just got off to a slow-footed type of start. Ridiculous. It really was last night. It was turnoff worthy. It was a close game, and it was close. And you get a lot of people going, oh, well, it was close. It's not that bad, JMB. It's early in the season. Man, you guys in your early season. When are you going to accept the fact that there are games out there that, regardless of what anybody tells you, are going to be worth more in that moment that's going to have repercussions for later on in the season? Please, one of these days, understand that. And don't let crusty old farts tell you otherwise. Miami and Miami on the road Thursday and Saturday. In fact, one, two, three, four, five, six on the road coming up. Miami, Miami, Detroit, Milwaukee, Washington, and Minnesota. The Timberwolves off to a good start. And then, obviously, did you figure, did you look up um, when are we going to find out who they're going to play in that play-in so, thingy? Uh, we will find out, I believe, tonight. Okay. Uh, it depends on the Miami-Milwaukee game tonight. If Miami wins, Pacers will host the wild card as the only t- uh, East team to finish group. Does it have a date for that wild card? Uh, I have not seen one okay. right now. Um, but if the Bucks win, then they host the wild card team, and the Pacers would host the winner of Group C, which that will be determined tonight as well. So it looks like tonight everything gets figured out. Not tonight. Yeah. We're going to figure everything out. Man, they got a lot to figure out. Portland was a four-win team that came in in the back half of a back-to-back, blow a 25-point lead in Milwaukee, and lose the night before. And everybody's trying to say, oh, you got to calm down. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, okay. I've been down this path before. And I'm telling you, by experience in sitting here for so many years, what I'm telling you is necessary to tell you. Yeah, I'm not going to blow smoke up your rear end on it. Mike Edwards says, what is this today? Be negative Nancy Bash Indy Sports Day? Why are you so against draft capital, man? Because I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. Sick and tired. It's such a losing mentality. You think about draft capital and cap space and all that crap that normally resides around a losing franchise. It wears me out, and it should you too. That's how you build the franchise. I'm waiting, man. The clock is ticking. Draft picks are like golden nuggets, and the Pacers are 9-7. and seven. Do the math. That gets you to 45. Relax. It'll be okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good luck with that. Get you to 45. A four-win stinking team last night. Coming off a back-to-back. I know that you haven't witnessed winning consistently in a while and what it really means, and I know that this is a young Pacer team that is still growing, but I think that it's okay to step outside the box of everything is going to be okay and talk about how a stinking disaster that was last night. It's okay. I don't think anybody's feelings are going to be hurt. Uh, Bill's up next to 239-1070. Hello, Bill. 
JMV, how you doing, buddy? Bill, did I hurt your feelings? I didn't mean to. No. No. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm an IU football fan, man. I got no feelings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm used to my feelings getting hurt. Yes. Hey, I, I, want, I want to talk about uh, mm-hmm. uh, the Pacers a little bit, but uh, uh, I'm going to predict the next coach of uh, IU is going to be Mike Hart out of Michigan. I think they're going to stay within the conference. Uh, I, I know that the – I heard somebody earlier say, let's go down to the SEC and get somebody down there with some contacts. Well, how did the Jerry DiNardo thing work out? That didn't work out very well. Uh, So I just think that uh, uh, in watching that Purdue game, um, the importance of going to a bowl at the end of the year and everything kind of keeps you focused and everything. And I've never seen a team be in position to make tackles and couldn't. And Purdue's quarterback and everything, he's going to be getting beer uh, bought for him for years and everything because he got away. He, he escaped. Uh, it was like Alcatraz, man. He, 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 got out of, he got out of Alcatraz, it seemed like, uh, uh, and he, with his escapability. And it's just because, because IU just didn't tackle. Uh, they're just not a very good tackling team. And, and so I think Mike Hart would uh, – uh, he's familiar with the program. Uh, he he would would know what he's getting into. He'd be in the Big Ten now. He's a running backs coach up at Michigan, but uh, that seems to work out pretty well. It just depends on whether or not. I remember when. Remember when? Uh, Do you think he would, would, uh, he, would he prompt uh, would he prompt boosters to give even more money? I think so. I, I think, I think As, I'd be looking. I'd be looking debt right now. I, I honestly, in this world, and I, and I hate it because I hate this. Um, but you know, just to be a part of it right here. Um, that's what I would worry about. I would worry really less about the X's and the O's and how you know you can you know make sure that you get the best player in here, and then then still you don't know anything because these guys may be here for a year. When was the last Tom Allen? Tom Allen had a really good draft class, or check that, really good commitment class in recruiting. How many years ago? It wasn't that long ago, and you know things just just fall apart. I. It's um, it just kind of seems like Billy to me. These guys all seem like a a dime a dozen, and the dozen of dimes that you have probably would be better suited in terms of NIL. And I hate saying it because I'm not the biggest fan, but that's that is in which where we live. That's the waters what we're swimming in right now. So it is, and and uh, if with the NIL and everything, if you're a college player and you get to play in a bowl game, I don't care if it is the pop tarts bowl or whatever uh uh some of these other bowl sponsors uh have taken over these bowl names but uh you know you you are showcasing yourself you know pretty much the only game in town and everything on that particular night you can watch on tv so you know getting getting into a bowl is now with nil is now even more important because it's a business decision now for players used to be i'm going to get my education and and uh, I'm going to enjoy playing football. But now it's like, how can I put some extra money in my pocket? Well, I, I kind of wonder what I use looking at in terms of, okay, if you're the next head coach, how many dudes can you bring with you? Because they lost the entire offensive line, you know, either in the transfer portal or they're, you know, trying to turn pro and your quarterback's gone. Your best player on the team to me is your wide receiver, Donovan McCauley. He's, you know, I'm not suggesting they're absolutely gone, but they're in the transfer portal. It seems to me that you'd have to some have some absolutes with your next head coach, and that is some assurances that you can actually have a team that he can bring some people in. Exactly, and and uh, uh, I think Mark Mike Hart would be able to do that and everything. We can't lose McCauley, we can't lose Sorsby, but we could lose some of that uh, inefficient tackling and everything that uh, 
that, that occurred uh, against Purdue. That was just that was just horrendous. But uh, I wanted to uh, talk about the Pacers a little bit in the upcoming uh, games with Miami. Um, the Pacers before last night were number one in the league to assist to turnover ratios, and that and that is because of Halliburton. I don't think that Halliburton. I, number one, I think he's a starting point guard in the All Star game this year, based on what he's done so far. I, I don't. I mean, he he put up 33 last night. He seemed to show up, but uh, but the Halliburton Tyler Hero uh, battle is going to be really huge because Tyler Hero is having kind of the same kind of year that Halliburton is having. They're they're both one and two, I think, in assists. And uh, but you know you got to you got to get rid of the turnovers. You get rid of the turnovers last night, and and uh, got to get rid of the uh, last nights. They've had too many. They, they've had games like last night, and that's like the fourth one in the first month and a half of a heavy home schedule against bad teams. You just can't have. And la- the four win. The, and, and Billy, I'm gonna see you on Thursday and Friday, right? You know it. You got it, buddy. Dugout on Thursday, by the way. Uh, Larsley Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul Tequila Shots. That's a tavern tour stop with our friend Nick Baxter. Me, Brent Halverson on Thursday. We'll see you there. Fletcher Place. Last night, I don't care what anybody says, can't happen. And the way that they played, the way that they started, the way that they went through that game is ridiculous. Please don't look at that any other way. You're allowed to hold this team to a higher standard. I'm not suggesting they win the East or anything like that, but games like last night, you just don't go, oh, it's okay, it's early in the season. Crap. Anthony Adam on the other side, Bob Kravitz, top of the hour. Bob Kravitz likes John Gruden for IU. Talk about Jonathan Taylor, two to three weeks undergoing thumb surgery tomorrow in Los Angeles, according to the Athletics' James Boyd, who got that information from Colts owner Jim Irsay. That and more with Bob Kravitz about 15 minutes away. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Uh, Bob Kravitz, top of the hour. JMV, off the wall question. Always been curious when you look at the window in the studio, what can you see? The circle? Hot chicks walking around or just buildings, just buildings. And unfortunately, we're going to have to take a picture so this lasts longer because here in the next two weeks, evidently, we're going down from we're on the sixth floor here on the circle. We're going to at number four. And then evidently, we're not going to have which I, I guess 
it's understandable because that studio's used with Network Indiana and other aspects right now and wired for us. But we're going in a studio with no windows. And I'm thinking if you're having a live show on as much as we're on nine hours a day, that maybe you should be able to see outside. But I know that in the, our engineers, I talked to them today and they are working their tails off moving stuff around here. I love them. They know that. But this is going to be the last couple of weeks that we're going to have this view outside onto the circle. So, no, I just see other buildings, you know, especially in the summertime. Sometimes you can see um, somebody will have a drone that will fly up here and look in the window and I'll give it the finger. (laughs) I miss those days. Q317 says JMV playing my theme song for the re-entry. I was thinking exactly about you when I played it. I was thinking about you, then I was also thinking I probably should have played that into Bob Kravitz coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour. Forgot to do that. Uh, Anthony's at 239-1070. Anthony, hello. Welcome to the show. I was wondering if you played it for me, JMV. I was thinking the exact I could, thing. I could. And that's a, it's a great <laughs> cross-reference between for Mary Jane Anthony, uh, for the Mary Jane um, that he was probably hooking up with, the many of them, and then the Mary Jane that he was probably smoking. So, yeah, very good, good cross-referencing going on by the late, great Rick James. What do you got, buddy? So, you were talking about draft capital, and I know you were, like, totally against it a couple of weeks ago. I yes. was listening, and you were saying, no, you know, the Colts shouldn't tank. And I kind of agree with you, but I kind of don't. And at this point, I mean, let's be honest, they tried to tank that game yesterday and still somehow won. So You think they tried um, to tank Sunday, really? Ah, Gardner played really bad, man. You don't think? I mean, there were. I didn't think they tried to take. I think to Tampa that he dropped. I I don't I know. thought I think, in the second quarter, I was wondering what Shane Steichen was doing with the play calling. That was a little weird, especially after that miscommunication that uh, Gardner Minshew had with Josh Downs, and still continuing to throw, wanting to throw the basketball or throw the basketball, throw the football. I I, I do think I thought in the third quarter they had figured that out. And the rest of the game was fine. So yeah, I didn't see any of that. I thought that they were they were trying to win it. That's just kind of how they are. No, I get what you're saying. It just kind of looked like, and I guess you know everybody likes Gardner because he's the cool guy, whatever. It's the polar opposite of Carson Wentz, with the exception of the play on the field. Like it just reminds me, very inconsistent, very turnover prone. Yeah. But that's really not why I was calling. I want to ask you this one question, and I'll let you go. But the Pacers, man, they're they're so young and they're so athletic. And I'm looking back at. Carlisle's time spent in Dallas, and he had Luka Doncic, which, you know, arguably top five, top ten player in the league. Um, Fast forward to now, Tyrese Halliburton, top five, top ten player in the league. Um, Nothing looks creative. Nothing looks, you know, if you look at a guy like Halliburton, you should be the motions and everything. Like, does it just look stagnant to you on offense and they're just like, ISO ball, throw it to Halliburton. Well, it, it looks like it looks like a pickup game to me most of the time offensively. Right, right. It does. So when my question yeah. is, when do we start looking at Carlisle and he start getting some of this blame instead of maybe it just being the beginning of the season or them being a young team? They just flat out didn't look prepared last night against, like you said, a really crappy yeah. Portland team. Yep. And I liked how you said that Miles should have had something to prove. He did against DeAndre Ayton because he 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 yep. 
darn sure should have. I was disappointed as hell last night in 33. I was. I was. Well, JMB, it's good to hear from you, man. Love you always, brother. Right back at you, Anthony. Good to hear from you, too. I was was disappointed in all of them because I thought that game was a joke. But I mean, I thought I want. I just man, I just want to see hey, they bring this dude in. They sign him to an offer sheet, and he's going to be your replacement. Man, just shove that. Mm-hmm. Oh. And like an eleven and eight game. Gonna, and I know what foul issues. Nah, I'm not going to give any excuses. No excuses. I bummed me out last night. It did. They all did. Bad, bad game, no matter what time of year it was. Bob Kravitz, top of the hour. You and me, too. Coming up next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Joey, have you ever been in a in a Turkish prison? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Greg Rakestraw and Brad Spielberger earlier. Podcast 107.5thefan.com inside the lounge via YouTube Live. You can listen, watch, participate in there too. And our tavern tour stop. Combined with our week 13 Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots, that's on Thursday. Fletcher Place, it's me and Brent Halverson, our betting analyst, and Nick Baxter's in the house. We're going to the dugout, everybody, Thursday. Be there. Dugout is an awesome place. And then a staple for this time of year. Our Bud Light Blue Friday with Colts tickets to give away finds us at Westside Pub on friday i love west side pub can't wait to see everybody over there in fact a lot of west siders go hey i mean you're all up in hamilton county you're on the northeast side you're on the south side you're downtown when are you going to get to the west side uh this time of year normally that's our spot west side pub bud light blue friday that's coming up on Friday. Cannot wait to see you there. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. BobKravitz.com is where you can find his work. And I'm assuming coming up a little commentary on the latest regarding the Colts and Jonathan Taylor is James Boyd from The Athletic is a report two to three weeks lost, according to Jim Ursay, uh-huh. uh, with Jonathan Taylor having surgery in Los Angeles on his thumb tomorrow. Colts prepared for this this time of year, six and five in the in the uh, thick of things as far as the AFC playoff picture is concerned. Oh, what a great trade that was for Naheem Hines. I, you know, they got the draft choice and they got Zach Moss. And amazingly, Zach Moss is still in the top ten in the league in rushing, despite the fact that he's playing part-time the last, what, three, four weeks since JT came back. 
I don't think this is going to have much, if any, impact on the Colts as they move forward. Uh, these are all, really, they're all winnable games. Uh, they're not going to win all the games, but uh, I've had my prediction uh, uh, rights for, uh, revoked. So, <laughs> <laughs> after picking them to win three damn games, and now they've won six. So I don't know how many games they're going to win, John, but yeah. – uh, Zach Moss has shown that he he can he can carry the load. Yeah, the most important thing is you know how I feel about draft capital. I'm sick and tired of hearing about it. And I had so many people, you know, our draft capital bros telling me it'd be a good thing because Taylor's back to trade Zach Moss at the trade deadline. I'm not considering the Colts had any interest whatsoever. It's a damn good thing because now oh, now it sneaks up on you and you really need it. And I would agree with you. You combine that with the schedule, you know, no quarterbacks, you know, who you're going to be playing and where you are, what going on with other teams around you in the AFC? What a hell of an opportunity, no doubt. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you think about it, uh, Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback they're going to face until they face C.J. Stroud in the season finale. I mean, unless you have a thing for Kenny Pickett that I'm not aware of, uh, he did have a pretty good uh, Sunday this past week, but uh, that's the first time They've been over 400 yards of offense in like 59 games or something like that. But you look at this schedule. Now, granted, I mean, the Colts are, they're not that good, but really, who? Who's yeah. good? Who's good in the AFC? Yeah, yeah, Bob, I've said this before. Like, other teams are saying the same, same thing about the Colts as we're saying right. about the Colts and the teams that they're playing right now. I mean, it can go either direction, but at, at the, the lowest level, I am glad because we're still talking about them, you know, right now in a postseason going into December, which is a place I never thought they were going to be, and never. especially never thought they were going to be without Anthony Richardson. No, I mean I thought initially that they they could probably win more games yeah. with Gardner than they could with with Anthony. I kind of changed my mind on that once I got got a chance to really eyeball Anthony Richardson. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it is amazing. It's like you look at them. They don't have great uh, skill position people except for uh, Jonathan or uh, except for Michael Pittman. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good defense, and it's opportunistic to get sacked. They're not, not a dominating defense. Uh, you got a backup quarterback who's just okay, but, you know, better than most backups. I would say better than all the backups. And somehow somehow they've scored 20 points in 10 out of 11 games with this group, and they're 6-5. and five. And it, it doesn't add up, but they've figured out how to win these games, and uh, good for them. Yeah, the schedule, if you eyeball that, looks conducive to continuing to win games. And and we shall see as uh, we return. What, the type of job Shane Steichen has done in year number one to where we are in this season, what do you think? I, I think he's been good. I, I, he's done some things that made me uh, scratch my head. Um, but I think uh, offensively he's been very creative. Uh, I thought you really saw that on the fourth down. Uh, attempts the other day. They tried four fourth downs, made three of them. Um, 
I'm getting a little tired of the running the field goal team off or the punt team off. And it's like, all right, that's so played out. I don't want to see that anymore. But uh, I, I think he's he's been a really sharp head coach, and I think he's just going to get better. Yeah, I'm with you on the trying to steal a timeout thing. Yeah, so, it, worked, yeah. it worked on John Harbaugh once, <laughs> but I, I think the league has figured it out. Yeah, I'd agree. I saw where Shaquille Leonard is going to go to Philly tomorrow, according to Adam Schefter, I think with the Cowboys earlier today. Do you think somebody gets him to sign before the end of this week or at least some sometime in the not-so-distant future? Yeah, I was a little surprised that uh, they let him out of Dallas uh, without signing him, but there might be more there with the, with the health issue than we know. I hope he finds a spot, um, and I hope he's productive, and I hope he – sticks it to the Colts, but, um, you know, I, I don't mean it like, you know, I hope he sticks it to I mean, I, I hope that he has <laughs> That's what it sounded like, Bob, to be yeah. honest well, with you. Well, I, 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 hope, I hope for his <laughs> sake that he's able to prove to the Colts I gotcha. that he can still play. <laughs> Although, anybody who watches football, you know, these last couple of weeks, you could tell he, he didn't have it. He did not have it. So, I don't blame the Colts at all, but I – for, for Shaq's sake, I'd like to see him stick it to the Colts, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I, I thought that that was a cool moment on Sunday. I talked about that Very yesterday. Nice. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, – yeah, I, I thought it was uh, both both sides really, and um, I, I thought it was cool. I, you, you rarely, if ever, see that, or at least I can't remember a time when you saw something like that. So yeah, uh, you know, there was some thought that you know him complaining publicly about his role uh, had had some impact on the decision to let him go. But I think I think we're seeing the way the way this thing's playing out. I just think they felt like he had nothing left to give, and. For twenty million dollars a year, just wasn't worth. It wasn't worth the price. So, uh, it's nice to see them be able to cut him and still have a good relationship with him. So, Bob Kravitz, BobKravitz.com. You can find his work and his latest work involving IU and their coaching search. Um, I didn't read it in full detail, so you can give us all a thumbnail sketch of it and, you know, your interest in, in John Gruden. Why? We'll start right there. And is it anything feasible beyond just writing about it? Well, uh, excuse me, my voice is going again. Zach and uh, Jeff Rabjohns both reported, uh, and I believe they're reporting that uh, he's he's not a candidate. So I believe that completely. So this is really just a thought exercise and my feeling is you've got a guy out there who wants to coach who's not going to coach the nfl uh has had success at the nfl level has won a super bowl yes he said some really reprehensible stupid stuff uh in, in some emails and he needs to answer for that but man you know your iu we're, we're not about growing men anymore you want somebody to grow quality young men, keep Tom Allen. You want to win? Go get John Gruden. Um, you know, uh, somebody said to me, well, Gruden was a 500 coach in the NFL. Hey, he was in the NFL. What part of that do you not understand? Mike Woodson was a, had a, a winning percentage of 483 in the NBA. I didn't hear anybody complaining about his lack of coaching ability. So, 
I just I just feel like uh, we need to give this guy some grace. He deserves a second chance. And if you don't want to give him a second chance, that's perfectly valid, and I understand that. But coming at it from my point of view, I think you got to give the guy uh, – I think it makes sense. If you're IU and you're the losingest program in history, you've got to take a big risk and swing for the fences. And I think that's what John – Gruden uh, pursuit would do. Do you uh, think Pat Fitzgerald is ready for a second chance? I don't think so because that that went that that was a little more heinous in the sense that and I, I'm, I'm not comparing it to. I'm just saying that involved the actual program, right? With 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 everything that was going on, I, I think that that would be an impossible sell. You know, with, with, with Gruden, and Gruden would be a tough sell, but that was 10 years ago. You know, this is something that happened just, what, a year ago? Yeah, Bob Kravitz is ready to hire Bobby Petrino right now. No, I'm not Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Petrino is, they're looking at Bobby Petrino as if for the OC. Yeah, I know, I'm just joking. Bob. Yes, I'm, I'm yeah. just I'm just joking. I, I, I think all hands are on deck here. I, I don't really know. To the law, I just know he got fired for it, and I know that Northwestern's having a, a good year without him. But I also you know, see what he has done with a program um, that <laughs> does not have a storied history football-wise, and you know he's been over five hundred and uh, and five five wins and ten bowl games, I think. So I, yeah, I everybody easy. else kind of seems like a dime a dozen to me, honestly. Yeah, every everybody is six and one half a dozen of the other. I look at. You know, Kane Womack and Creighton and Chris, and they're all the same human being as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, they got their uh, uh, their group out there looking, helping them uh, vet these guys. But, yeah, none of them jump out at me. Justin Fry uh, from Ohio State seems a little bit interesting. Sharon Moore uh, at Michigan might be interesting. Uh, but I'd be lying to you if I said I've done a ton of research on all these guys. Uh, but I've done my research on Gruden, and I know that he'd be interested. No, you have now. You know that. Yeah, I read, oh. Well, if you read my damn story, you well, know Well, I, I said to give us a thumbnail sketch. Well, Jesus, read the story. <laughs> <laughs> damn it. I'll send you a free, I'll send you a free sub. <laughs> Bob Kravitz, who has the story. There'd be interest there if Scott Dolson and company would give him any interest. No, none. I mean, look, uh, Rabbi and uh, Zach uh, know what's going on. They both said uh, without any hesitation that he's not a candidate. So, uh, again, it's just yeah. me talking out of my you-know-what. Nothing wrong with talking out of your new you-know-what. Because yeah, uh, we get three hours of that right. every day right here. It's beautiful. Exactly. It is. We get paid well, well for it. It, uh, it. it certainly is. I I have said this, and, and this comes – I had Dan Wetzel on yesterday, and we talked about it a little bit, and he kind of made the point. He made a point that a, a booster friend of mine uh, made yesterday too. At, at some point, 
you're going to see teams, you know, maybe not at the highest level like Alabama or Georgia or anything like that, Michigan, Ohio State, whatever. But these teams that are trying to keep their head above water at all, like IU is going to try to do, especially in the Big Ten Conference, adding even more firepower, is right. utilizing NIL um, – to the best you possibly can, which would mean, all right, if you have to kind of half-assedly pay a coach to come in, the most important aspect is what you're giving the players monetarily right. to bring them in. That that should be the angle that IU should take on this. Do you buy that at all? Well, I, I don't think you can cut corners either way. You want quality, you got to pay for quality. You know, and, you know, if they want a quality head coach, they're going to have to pay uh, – you know, not Tom Allen money necessarily because that was significant. But uh, you're going to have to pay for whoever comes in here. I mean, this this is a coaching graveyard. I mean, this is where careers go to perish. And uh, it, you know, everybody thinks they can they can <clears throat> they can make a change. You know, they can change a culture. Uh, so, I mean, there's going to be plenty of interest. I can promise you that. So, Bob Kravitz, bobkravitz.com, his latest regarding the IU coaching search and his thoughts on John Gruden is available for you. Uh, what in the uh, world did we have to witness last night with the oh. Pacers? I got people saying, oh, you know what? It's November. And, you know, you're, you're you know getting everybody worried and there's still a lot of time and they're on track to win 46 or whatever. And I call bull crap. I thought last night was absolutely embarrassing and ridiculous. Really? And they have had four games like that on a cushy home schedule in the first month and a half of the season. They haven't taken advantage of. I'm concerned about that. How about you? Absolutely. If they if they don't make the playoffs for some reason, and I think they should, and I think they will, either you know playoffs or a playing playing situation, you're going to go back to the first month of the season and say that's where we lost it because this home this schedule's been so home friendly the first month, and to be nine and seven and to lose to what Chicago Charlotte. Um, uh, Toronto, Portland. Yeah, those I mean, are the four that I'm thinking of right there. And I, I think this is a team that's still looking for its identity. I don't think they know yet what they want to do with Obi. I don't think they know how they want to uh, roll with, with Matherin, who seems to be uh, um, in the doghouse half the time. Um, I, I, don't, I, I t- tweeted this last night, but I've just not seen the – overall growth from Matherin that I really thought we were going to see. I thought he was going to come in this year, be really solid, and put up a couple of 20-pointers, and everybody's going to say, there he is. He's, he's you know, uh, you know he, he's establishing himself. Uh, it hasn't happened, so I'm, I'm a little worried about that. Um, you know, but I, I will give them credit. They – they 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 sat in it yesterday after the game. I watched the interviews, and uh, between Carlisle and Halliburton, they made it clear that this is not acceptable. Um, you know, it's it seems like they only get up for these uh, in in season tournament games. They're four and zero in the ISD. That's what I'm calling it now, and they're five and seven in every other game. So that makes sense of that. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, and there's no doubt this is an up and down growing team. But my point has just been there are some, and, and see, I'm trying to get everybody to believe that there are forms of must win games that mathematically do not account for must wins. And I thought last night against a four win team, the second of a back to back after dropping right. a 25 point lead and losing in Milwaukee that night before. And then just being listless most of that game with with shooting, you know, getting back, you know, they just didn't come out with any energy whatsoever, and it didn't get much better. Turning the basketball over as much as they did, that is not at all acceptable, and that's a tremendously bad loss. At some point, you got to make that up on the road against a better team, and you know, sometimes I wonder if they're capable of doing that. Yeah, I I think they are. I, I, think- I hope you're right. <laughs> Sorry, my voice is going again. The fact that... Are you going uh, through puberty? Apparently, this is the same thing that happened last time I was on. Uh, (laughs) How many times do you go through puberty? Like five or six? What's happening? Yeah, this is number six. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Clear that voice and take a shot at what I just said. Go. All right. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. So, yeah, I do think they're capable of going on the road because, I mean, when you can score the ball the way they do, you know, 125 points a game, I mean, they're, 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 the problem is that defense travels and they don't have any defense to travel with. You know, I thought they were a little bit better defensively last night. Uh, I think part of that is the fact that the Blazers aren't particularly good, but I just – yeah, offensive, what did they shoot, 24% from three? Yeah, terrible. Um, and too many turnovers. I don't know what the total number was. It, it was just a listless performance. I, You know, McConnell uh, played really hard, and he fell down a lot, but I didn't think he was as great as Rick thought, seemed to think he was. Um, you know, uh, Matherin, Matherin bothers me. Um you know, I, I just – all I see him doing is that old Paul George, how come I didn't get a, a foul call? Miles bothered me last night, play. too. Miles bothered me last night because of of what he gave against a guy where he should come in riled up as hell, considering right. what the Pacers tried to do with DeAndre Ayton uh, the summer before last on a, an offer sheet. I, I was very disappointed in what he brought yeah. against somebody that he should absolutely be fired up to play. I, I don't. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And hey, good on you for taking issue with your guy, yes. Miles Turner. And I, the other thing too, man. I was listening last night, and Eddie Gill wasn't screaming, but he was pretty straightforward about, hey, you know, Jeremy Grant is on fire here in the fourth. Can you do anything else? Like It took Rick a couple possessions after Eddie Guild noticed it to try to do something different. And I can't lie, that was concerning to me, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I Rick, Rick is a Hall of Fame coach. I'm not going to tell him how to do things. But actually, I will. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, double team the guy. You, you took the ball out of uh, uh, Giannis's hands a couple of weeks back. I mean, they've shown that in short spurts they can play pretty. I don't want to say average, but slightly better than awful defense. I mean, that's the thing with this team, John, and you know it as well as I do. They don't even need to be okay on defense. They just need to be not crappy. 
Yeah. Yeah, and they... they, And and they're they're sitting there at 11 to 13 wins, especially with... I mean, I just feel like this was an enormous opportunity uh, for them early in the season, and they blew it. The way that they play right now, rarely, if ever, are they going to win a game if they don't score over 115. Oh, That's just the way that it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, they are fun as hell to watch. And when they're hitting their threes, they're unstoppable. But, uh, you know, the shame of it, too, is you've gotten an absolutely epic stretch of basketball from, from Halliburton, and, and you're 9-7. and seven. I mean, this guy's playing at an MVP level. I'm not saying he's the MVP, but he's playing at an MVP level. And you're 9-7? and seven? That, that, That's not good. they got to be better. I'm still... I'm still trying to fall in love with Bruce Brown. Still trying to figure out what the deal is with Obi Toppin. Yeah. Um, yep. That's I fair. I was really, really sorry to see Jalen Smith go down because I don't know what the situation is with him today. I didn't, I didn't check, but he, he has been playing lights out, and he's a guy they're going to need at some point. If he's out for a while, we may get a chance to see what Jarris Walker can do. Yeah, I kind of mentioned, and that's one of the reasons. I know this was more for him, just giving him a chance to go play. But I, I was apprehensive about them just going ahead and and you know buying out Daniel Tice, just knowing the history of this team, really knowing the history of this market, and knowing normally you need like twice as much backup plan as you normally would because of injuries. That was worrisome, troublesome for me, and then now you're kind of looking that a little bit into the face. But, it, I mean, I know that he wanted to go someplace else. He wasn't going to get yeah. the clock here. But uh, that did concern me, and we kind of wonder where this is going now. Right. Right. So. No, I, I agree. All right. Well, go ahead and jump off at BobKravitz.com as you're going to find his latest regarding John Gruden and IU. Read my uh, story, John. Read re- it. I'll, I'll read it, too. Now, you make sure that you get through your sixth puberty here once we get off the phone, okay? This you is make crazy. Sure. My voice just keeps – I don't know what's going it's on. It's like Peter Brady right here. It's like I'm in the Brady Bunch episode. I love it. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you. Get better. That's a Bob Kravitz. BobKravitz.com. The ever-changing voice. Uh, Dallas Morning News a couple of hours ago wrote this regarding Shaquille Leonard's visit to Dallas today. Uh, left no contract, and then it's added from Adam Schefter within the last hour that Shaquille Leonard is on to Philadelphia for a look-see coming up tomorrow. So, again, we shall see the news on Jonathan Taylor. Two to three weeks. He is reportedly going to miss, according to James Boyd of The Athletic, who talked to Jim Ursay in his report, thumb surgery for Taylor tomorrow in Los Angeles. Two to three weeks is the suggested, as of right now, time that he will miss. Back to that and you and me coming up on the other side at 239-1070. We'll set the stage for tomorrow's show. And then, obviously, Thursday and Friday on the road for a lot of fun. I don't want you to miss a minute. Seriously, we'll come back with you next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Hans, Bobby, I'm your white knight. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Oh, it's about time for us to watch that Christmas classic together once again, too. The 1988 Christmas classic, Die Hard. Yeah, and that means Lethal Weapon. The first one's also a Christmas classic. First Blood from 1982, the initial one with Sly. Another Christmas classic there for you as we enter now the holiday season at JMV 1070 via social media. The platform formerly known as Twitter, it is X, and Paul writes this, JMV and every talking head on 107.5 The Fan talking about the good fortune of the Colts facing bad quarterbacks in the next few weeks with complete amnesia about what P.J. Walker did to this team a few weeks ago. Shake my head. I guess, is SMH mean shake my head or does that mean like shove it somewhere? It shake mean, my head? Shake my head. SMH. couple of points here before I'm back to the phone. Paul, uh, one is I haven't counted on anything. I gave you the old coaching cliche of you look at the schedule, it looks conducive to winning, but you got to take it week to week because you don't thoroughly trust this team. Uh, P.J. Walker didn't really do jack squat. Uh, the Colts' defense combined with the uh, the worst calls of all time, two of them that cost them that game, uh, were pretty awful. But yeah, there's nobody. I'm not looking ahead. I don't know what everybody else here is doing. I'm not looking ahead at all. I'm just saying these are winnable games. So shake your head, <laughs> Paul. S-M-H. Is it just too much to write, shake my head down there? Yeah, it's tough to look ahead. And I said this at the outset of the show. It just is. Because you don't know what you're going to get. I mean, you think these are winnable, but these other teams, at four and seven, the Titans are probably saying, well, you know, this is a really winnable game coming in. They're all saying that. JMV, what exactly does it mean to kind of agree but also disagree with you about draft capital? Mm. Well, I will say this, Jim. Jim McCann of Southern California. Um, I understand where that is important, but I long ago have become sick and tired of hearing about it. And it's always going to be a fallback for a bad team and a sucky organization. And everybody's always looking three and four years down the road. I'm looking at if you can make it happen right now, then by God, make it happen right now. That's what I look at. I know that it's easier said than done. I'm not trying to you know simplify it to that degree. 
but I long ago have grown tired of hearing about draft capital and its level of importance. Because when you're talking about late round draft selections, you're throwing darts at a dartboard as many hits as you have. You probably have two to one misses, three to one misses. So if I go back to the trade deadline and then I have all these draft capital dorks say, hey, uh, Zach Moss, you should trade him. You've got Jonathan Taylor, if not necessary, and he's at his highest marketed value right now. Why not trade him? And now you see why you don't, because you're in the middle of something and you lose your guy, presumably two to three weeks, and you can lean on that guy. So that's good on Chris Ballard. And I'm not suggesting he's listening to any of these nerds out here anyway, but that's good on Chris Ballard. When you have the opportunity to win, take advantage of it. That's all I'm saying. And it's possible to grow while winning. The same goes for the Pacers. I said that last year. Everybody else, you got to tank. You got to have an entertaining loss. That is such a defeatist mentality. And it's from a lot of you that have just been watching and invested in losing for too damn long. Now, that is not me. So, yes, it is. And I, I understand. I do, Jim. I understand you know, draft capital and when it is certainly valuable. But in all cases, it is not the same. And I have just, again, been worn out on that angle over a number of years with both of these professional teams. I do want to see them win now. And it's it's possible to grow while you're winning now. Uh, BT writes this. Thanks, Jim McCann, by the way, too. People are saying it's ridiculous that JT is missing time because it's only a thumb. These people have their thumb up their rear end. (laughs) They have no idea it's only a thumb. None of them. Now, luckily, I haven't seen that, BT. Uh, Yes, Bob, Moss is good, but he is no Taylor. There's no doubt about that. Writing a Gruden to IU article is only clickbait. I have not read it, and I'm going to have to read it because Bob got mad. Um, I don't think there's any way in hell it was going to happen. I don't think it is a thought of it taking place. And again, I I worry less. I worry less about the coach that's going to be this incredible X's and O's splash more than a coach that really, to me, the NIL aspect of it, and a coach that's going to be able to bring some players in, considering IU has no team right now, evidently. I just look at a lot of these guys, and maybe my my thought may change, may change coming up tomorrow morning. But a lot of these guys look like they're a dime a dozen. Now, if you can pick the right guy out of that dime a dozen, then great. But there are a lot of aspects, and I think there are a lot of aspects here that go well beyond X's and O's that if I'm IU and Scott Dolson, I'd be more concerned about. Let's go Frank at 239-1070. Hello, Frank. Hey, JMB. How you doing, man? Frank, I'm outstanding. I appreciate your call. Dude, you just, y'all just gave me so much stuff to talk about. I'm going to try to remember. You know, I'm getting older, man. I just had a birthday, but I'm going to do my best. How old are you, Frank? I turned 59, man. I'm trying to track you down right here. I go 54, 
in the middle of December. 5'4", 54. You know how old I thought that was when I was like 15? That old fart's 54. That was like Wilford Brimley stuff right there. You didn't even think about 50s when you were young. Well, I'm I'm thinking about There's no way. I didn't have much contact with my dad, but I can't believe my dad was 54 and playing any basketball like I'm going to do later on tonight, not getting shots in his knee to do it to play later on tonight. So of that, I'm happy with. Go ahead, Frank. Hey, man. Um, Pacers, let's go with them. They think, like a lot of other people are thinking, but they have the wrong thoughts. They think about these other teams being easy, and they say, hey, we got this one. We're better than them. No, you're not. Every team in the league is good. I watch Golden State. I watch the Lakers, and all of them are good. They're all three-point shooters, you know, even Portland, you know, and they proved it last night. The team you thought that y'all had uh, uh, sewn up, you lost to them. And the other teams come into it thinking, well, the Pacers are good, and we're not going to let them beat us. And they think differently. So teams that come in and beat the Pacers, they think that the Pacers are better and we got to play them better. The Pacers come in thinking, well, we're better, and we don't have to play them. We don't have to take them out that serious. And that's what they do. Well, I will say, last night, the way that you explained that from a Pacer angle is exactly the way that it looked. I mean, it yeah. looked like that they came out there soft and not ready to go, yeah. and whoever's fault that is, then so be it. But that's how that looked. I, I would agree with that angle and how that team looked last night and an inexcusable loss at home. Mm-hmm. I think it's everybody's fault from the coach on down. You know, the, but anyway, we're going to leave that alone. Okay. Yes. NIL. The NIL is important. It plays its role, you know, and unfortunately it's come to that where players realize, hey, I want to get paid, you know, and if you don't bring the right coach in, to, and the coach from L, uh, Northwestern, give him a chance, you know. He might have messed up, but who ain't? Who ain't messed up? Yep. Which, which coach is perfect Look, from Harbaugh on down? You know, they all done, done something, you know, and the ones that, that ain't in trouble – they just ain't got caught. Well, and the, the, the NIL may be the NIL may be the only chance I use ever going to have. I mean, yeah. really, it may be. I mean, you can look at. It. I don't like it either because you know I'm, I'm, I live in the past all the time, so I, I don't yeah. like the way that that is. But I thought what Dan Wetzel said right here yesterday, and Frank, great call. You call anytime again. Happy birthday to you, number fifty nine. I, I mean, I would concur with with Dan Wetzel yesterday that this. I mean, it gives you more of a chance than average but i mean you just got to come up with the funds you got to come up with the money you got to come up with the budget and people in the last couple of days have talked me more into nil playing more of a significant role in what your football team can do than what coach from wherever you find this coach is or whatever you know service consulting service finds it just I've had my mind changed. And again, while you're in it, you got to be in it. I said, I think in terms of if you're in the pool, you got to swim. I, I don't know what else to say about it. And this is also coming from historically a team that's never won anything, never put anything consistently together to win anything. And oftentimes people believe don't care enough to do just that. If you do and you want to be a part of it, then to me, NIL is stratospherically more important than the type of coaching hire you're going to have. 
Again, living under the rules in which we see right now. Justin saw Kiss on Saturday night. Hello, Justin. Hey, how you doing, JMV? I am great, Justin. What's up? Well, uh, I had the uh, great opportunity to attend my first Kiss show Saturday Me night. Me too. Number Kiss 27 out. was the magic number for us both. Craig, yeah, awesome. It was an awesome show. It was, uh, I was super impressed by the whole thing. Uh, unfortunately, I set down my reading glasses somewhere that are very expensive, and I've not had any luck. So I thought I'd reach out to you okay. and your viewers and see if anybody picked them up. All right, so where exactly were we sitting, Justin? I was in Section 14, which is uh, right above the uh, the suite, the little section above the suite there. I got you. So Justin... Justin is looking for his reading glasses. So if yep. anybody and, and they had to transform on the fly from from I can't imagine what that would entail from the Kiss concert to, to preparations for IU and Harvard coming up the next afternoon. So anybody down at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, if you were a part of that crew, the changeover crew, and you found an expensive pair of reading glasses, let me know so we can tell Justin and we can get them back to Justin. How expensive are we talking? Here. Uh, we're talking about a four hundred dollar. No, oh, we got to find these. Yes. Yeah, progressive uh, Ray Bands. Which progressive uh, Ray Bands? You got it. Yeah, those are bi- those are bifocals for anybody else. All right, reading glasses yeah. for Justin. Anybody a part of that changeover from Kiss concert to basketball? IU Harvard worthy. Again, Sunday afternoon, and I would assume that's Saturday night to Sunday morning all through the day, too. If you were a part of that and you found some reading glasses, let me know so we can get them back to their rightful owner, Justin. Justin, I'm on the case here. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you, JMV. You got it, Justin. Anybody down there, let me know. I know that we're reaching out to people that probably worked in that transition. Let me know. J-Law is next. Hello, J-Law. Hey, John. How are you? Who do you want to coach your IU football Hoosiers, J-Law? You know, I just want a head coach with experience that can bring his staff in. Bring some players would be nice, too, now, the way that it looks. Yeah, and just, you know, has a set plan on offense and defense. He can bring his own staff in that he's had before somewhere and add to it. But here's a thought my buddy and I had. You know how we wanted wood, uh, uh, somebody with some – IU history for the basketball coach. Right. We've got Woody. I think we do the opposite with football. Scrap everybody associated with the program and the admin level on down to the coaching staff. Build it from the ground up. Because it's not working, has not worked. Um, I mean, I don't know who we get. I mean, the, the Gruden's and the you know Urban, all that, that's pie in the sky and silly stuff. Uh, I wouldn't want any of those two anyway. Um but I was at the game on Saturday, and it was just atrocious, both both teams. Yeah. Um, the, the only good thing about that is I didn't have to buy a ticket. I just walked into Ross Aid. You did? So, they didn't ticket you? You yeah. just walked right in, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was, I think it's it because the outfit. I think the outfit that you're wearing was your pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the worst part about the day was they ran out of beverages by halftime. And Ross Aid? Ran out of yeah. alcoholic beverages. At least where we were sitting. Huh. But it was a good time. You know, I got a lot of abuse from my Purdue buddies, and 
we we had it was a, it was it was a good time. I'm glad you had a good time. Hope you're feeling good. Hope you're well, not missing too yeah. much the JMV takeover. But before we know yeah. it, it will be back. Yeah, I tried calling you last Saturday, and nobody answered. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're playing like jingle bells or something like that. Can you imagine me doing that? Holy crap! Uh, I turn. No. I, and I, I, they, they are so smart and savvy with how they handle this and what they do. But holy crap, is that boring as hell? My God! Seriously. I can't agree more. Woo! All right, buddy. Good hey, to talk with you. Hey. Yeah, have fun tonight playing basketball and good luck with the knee. You got it, J Law. Thank you. QC Kinetics, Dalton. Dalton put uh, that that needle right under my kneecap right there. Just mm, feeling good right now. Really good. QC Kinetics, you guys got to join me on that too. If you got a shoulder, maybe an elbow, wrist. I've got a wrist too. Yeah. <laughs> Both wrists. Um, no, seriously, anything where you're thinking, eh, you know what? I need a little helper right here without surgery. There it is. Uh, again, Justin's $400 reading glasses. If you're a part of that changeover crew, Cambridge Fieldhouse from Kiss on Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon to IU and Harvard. If you found some reading glasses, is there a lost and found down there at Cambridge? Do we know? They just got a box and says lost and found. Let's see if we can find those glasses. All right, quick break, and we shall return final time. My man Mac is on hold. We'll do that and get you set for tomorrow as well. Don't go anywhere. The Ride with JMV. Bill, I just have one question for you. What color is an orange? Ted, you bonehead. Its color is the same as its name, just like a lemon. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Has anybody heard exactly the streaming numbers for the uh, football title games? Friday and Saturday. I didn't know if Greg and Greg on earlier. I didn't know if Greg would know. Anybody out there heard? I know the IHSAA thinks I'm trying to be a pain in the ass and I'm not. I just want to know the truth about the numbers and if there was a success in their transition that they're making in terms of no TV and having to pay either $15 for one game or $20 for every game. I am curious, and if it works, more power to you. That's fantastic. I just, and I, I consider myself, right or wrong here, I consider myself a, a pulse of what is going on, and I didn't hear anybody saying, yeah, you know what, I did that, and it's great. All I heard was complaining. So I would love to know. We'll see if we can get Kyle Rip on tomorrow, see if he's got anything on that. Uh, my man, Music Max at two three nine ten seventy. Hello, Mac. Hey, John. Music Mac, how are you today? Mac, it's almost weird. It's like you're calling six eight one one zero five seven on a Saturday night, right here. Uh, I sure miss that, man. I can't wait to get back. <laughs> I, kinda, I can't lie. I kind of miss it too. I mean, it was good. It was a refresher, but I kind of miss it too. It it just gives you something that you don't get with three hours, five days a week of this. So. Well, I mean, and, and people really loved loved what you did, and, and just everybody calling back in and in every week, yeah. out of state, everywhere. I missed it. I missed it. What you got, Mac? Hey, I just wanted to make a point. You know, sometimes you have to be able to evaluate talent. Uh, Tom Allen had Michael Penix on his squad, and 
the guy never got off the bench. Goes to Washington. Now he's won 18 games in a row and, uh, you know, could win the Heisman Trophy. And Tom Allen had him on his team. Well, I will say this. He played up until he got injured all the time and then felt it necessary to bail. But what Penix did was the smart move. I mean, he found you know, where Kalen DeBoer was, and that combination in, in Seattle has worked fantastically, Mac. Oh, There's no doubt about amazing, it. So, amazing. Yeah, it has. It, it has that, that's the one that you wish that you had back was, was DeBoer, probably more than anything else right there, who's the head coach at Washington and doing a fantastic job. Mac, hopefully I'll see you coming up Thursday or Friday. Sounds good, man. Thanks, John. My brother. Justin writes this, I use NIL situations like playing varsity versus church league every Saturday. Unless NIL is taken seriously at IU, the coach doesn't matter. I, I'm saying that is absolutely true. Or at least that is my belief from gathering information from those, um, especially boosters that are directly involved. I, I, I think that is a more important way to be competitive than who you end up selecting as the next head coach if you don't have that you're not going to have anything uh, Gregory writes this nothing more annoying than a fan who doesn't understand the game they're just watching so many fans refuse to be objective just because a team wins doesn't mean they played well JMV are spot on hey, listen I would not be griping about last night regarding the Pacers had they won You'd say, hey, they played awful and they won. That's a good thing. But to play that way through its entirety and losing that game to a then four-win team in the second of a back-to-back, that listless, turning it over that much. Sorry, that deserved a heavy come down. I don't care what time of year that is. Doesn't matter. That's a game that you have to win. But it's especially magnified in terms of how this schedule plays out, especially at the beginning. Portland, Toronto, Charlotte, and Chicago. Tremendously bad losses. Nine and seven or not. James, great job today. Greg Rakestraw, Brad Spielberger, Bob Kravitz, podcast 107.5thefan.com. Dave McGinnis, former NFL coach, Titans Radio Network, and Colts fullback slash linebackers. Zaire Franklin on the show coming up tomorrow. Hope to hear from you. Be a part of this show tomorrow at 3. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Have a great night. Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy at Floors to Your Home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot? That's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana.
I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Florst your home. That's who.